Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I am the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Just a couple of Baptists. Yep, just a couple of us. A couple of Baptists. Yep. Doing Baptist things, just staring at each other. Yeah, well, right now. Judging. Mm -hmm. Assessing. Mm, Evaluating. Contemplating. Negotiating sometimes, sometimes we have to do that, yeah, yeah, but uh, conferencing that's another thing we do. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's another thing we yeah. do, yeah. So, I think and we're then conflicting, yeah, the, that's what usually Baptists are really good at the conflict, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. What I look, at, I look at the SBC and it's just like one big placid <laughs> lake, you know, it's it's the Lake Placid yeah, the, of the Baptists are so good at like forget this, I'm leaving first Baptist, we're starting second Baptist, or you need to leave First Baptist because we're the, the real yeah. First Baptist. Yeah. yeah, like Presbyterians, they they have a lot of splits too. But I like that there'll be like a ninth Presbyterian church in a city. They're, they they're don't like, care. Okay, yeah, no, it's fine. We'll be the ninth one. We're number nine. Thirteenth <laughs> <13th laughs> hey president. <laughs> Baptists like to be the first. Yeah, yeah. We were, we were the first here. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We're so proud of ourselves. What's your day been like, man? Yeah, it's been good. Trying mm. to uh, go back and forth, just work stuff and then church stuff and then work stuff and then church stuff. And you have a an extremely full time job, and then you're also, of course, doing pastoral ministry on top of that. Yep, yep. And right now, it's busier than ever because we are finally able to go back to corporate worship. It's official. Mm. It's happening uh, June twenty eighth. We will be doing corporate yep, worship. Yep. I know. I see Jimmy looking at me like, can you say that on the air? I can say that on the air. No, no, no. Uh, I was starting to think what's the date this Sunday because we're it, doing a soft launch. A soft launch. Yeah. yeah. So June 28th is the official yeah. launch where we have two services at, we have some friends. We have some Lutheran friends. Mm-hmm. Thank at, you, Lutherans. Thank you. You know, thank you for Bondage of the Will, which yeah, is a yeah, great yeah, book. Yep. Everybody should read that book. Uh, and for the 95 Theses, you know, especially that first one, we all like that first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, our friends over at Faith Lutheran, uh, just uh, the next town over, but maybe maybe five minutes from the Five building. minutes, five minutes. Real close by. Um, they have a nice big gym, which could easily accommodate all of us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, even with social distancing, we're able to have two services there starting on the 28th and uh, get back to some... Well, we're going to move closer towards normalcy, at least with weekly gatherings mm-hmm. and... Uh, Oh, we're so excited. But man, it's a whole lot more complicated than people think. Let's just get together. Like, okay, we we are. We want to. We've been working towards it, but it's... Yep. Here's the 50 things we got to get done first. What makes it so complicated? Just getting back to worship. What are some things that... uh, that make it so that it's not just, oh, just flip the switch. It's not just turnkey. No, no, because it's not, I mean, the reality is worship is not going to be the same as it was before, right? Uh, And so looking through what are you going to change up? How are you going to look for ways uh, to ensure people's safety, Mm -hmm. right? As as best as possible, uh, sanitizing and, you know, directing people, uh, getting all the supplies in order, um, just all that that goes, especially now that when part of, 
there's, it's a bit more difficult for us because we're doing something off-site. Right. Uh, so there's that whole other element of it that we're working through. Got it. it's, it, it's somebody else's facility that they're graciously allowing us to use for eight oh, weeks. So gracious, man. Those I can't believe they're so charging nice. us what they're charging you, dude. Isn't Stop. that outlandish? Stop. It is. Stop. It's absurd. I know, but the way you're making it sound like what? it's a high number. No, they're, no, it's no number. They're being extremely gracious yeah, and giving just, it for free. Uh, that's what I mean. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's almost insulting you're insulted that <laughs> they're so they're like no way we just want to bless you guys i'm like we're like oh man so um very cool people and yeah i mean moving to a new location is hard we are doing it in a time crunch right so that makes so it let's even see harder. uh within a week yeah yeah we got uh, which is why went, soft launch is important yep we do we have the we had the official okay this week and so this sunday which will be the 21st, mm-hmm. we're just going to do a soft launch, which is one service. And we're not even going to be doing all the things we normally do. We're just going to get in there, sing, pray, preach, bing, bang, boom, get out of there. Whoo, it's a lot of moving pieces. So all this time, or since for, for June, you have been mm-hmm. uh, talking about my birthday. Oh, yes. This is the only present I really want. Returning on the Lord's Day. Oh, that's man, that's my day, bro. That's my B day is the twenty first, which is Sunday, soft launch day. Why are you trying to take away the glory from Jesus with no, your no, birth? No, you no, just tried, no. I did you not. Just, I you did just not. I stole did not Jesus' thunder. No, you just did no, it. No, I can't no. believe. I just want to no. say right now, I'm sorry, no. everyone, for Jimmy. No. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh yeah. No, the Lord Jimmy was of like, Nazareth. No. Okay, the Lord here was he like, is. No, the Lord Saint was like, Jimmy. here is a gift for my boy. That's that's why you've been pushing so hard for it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can yeah. make it about you. Yeah. No. So I can worship God on my birthday. On my birthday, we return. Mm-hmm. We are making it's, Redeemer it's great the again. Second coming of Jimmy. Making Redeemer great again. <laughs> we actually do have a channel called Make Redeemer Great Again. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by so you know, uh, that it has nothing to do with politics. It's just funny. Goodness, mm. sense. I'm sure somebody will. Uh, somebody will be a little triggered. So Jimmy, like we're we're, we're taking these precautions. Um, you know, we're going to have sanitizer. We'll offer people masks, all yep, that stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, what, what about people that are like, that hear this and they say, bro, it's not even real. It's not even a thing. Why are you worrying about it? Like, look, people are every other state, like Illinois is the farthest behind of all the states right now in terms of letting people do things. Yeah. So yeah. why do you, why do we, why do, why don't the elders just like, who cares? Just do it, man. Just get everybody in there and have your worship. Why don't we just do that? No, yeah, I mean, we could. We definitely could just do that, right? Um, because we have every right to gather together, to assemble together, and worship, especially as you're watching. Uh, I, know, I understand the whole protest thing. I get our right to assemble, yep. but I don't hear anyone there saying, hey, guys, guys. And girls. And girls. Don't discriminate, Jimmy. Uh, we should be careful. Yeah. We should be socially distant as we're as we're doing this, right? And I don't want to sound insensitive. That's I'm not saying that, but I'm right. saying, like, all this time, we have all these officials that have been talking about the one aspect, uh, like been talking about worship and and not being able to go to salons or be able to go to restaurants or to do any of these things like that. But then on the other hand, and, and corporate worship, don't do that. But now, anyway, nobody care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we could. So we could. I, I feel like, yeah, we have a right to do but that. Why, we have, why aren't you then? Because I don't feel like I need to unnecessarily poke the bear right I, who's I don't, the bear here trump oh, is trump the bear no no oh, no no, no. no oh, that, the, that's that's papa bear oh that's okay <laughs> trump is papa bear well who is our governor uh mama bear jb okay <laughs> but no um 
You're talking about the Corona bear? No, I'm talking about we don't have to be we don't have to be flippant about and flaunting the freedoms that we have in this, right? There is going to come a time where as believers we're going to have to really stand firm and push for certain things. I don't think that time is now. So I do think we're able to re-engage in corporate worship in such a way that is uh sensitive to those that are scared, sensitive to those that uh, do have concerns, and even within our own congregation, within your in your congregation, there are people that are struggling with this, and you're going to alienate them, and you are called to shepherd them and to love them, um, and you're neglecting that by just going off the deep end unnecessarily, right? Yeah, it's it's. You know, I'm not a very sensitive person. Like I'm, some people might even say I'm insensitive, Jimmy. Hmm. But when it comes to our people, I try to be very sensitive toward them yeah, and yeah. um so yes me personally and my family my kids we don't care we will go anywhere do anything we're not worried about it but but as elders we're responsible for about 300 people yeah and yeah. Uh, so we got to protect them to the best of our ability and so yeah that's why we're doing it this way i think that's a good word jimmy and um yeah so if you're thinking about it pray for us as we are you know we still can't go and get a steak inside a restaurant but we are at least going to worship oh i can't wait man i've been yeah Oh, I have been so excited for this, man. I am pumped. It's going to be good. I am pumped. I told Joe at the beginning of the week, mm-hmm. ain't no one stopping this. Mm-mm. This ain't, this This is happening. Yeah. This is happening. Yeah. It's going to be good. But yeah, there's going to be Brian. And we're going to do it responsibly. Brian's doing a ton of work. You're doing a ton of work. I mean, there's so much going into it. <laughs> it is. Policies, oh, agreements, checklists, supplies. Do you even know all the stuff? We're, no, you don't even know. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Name one supply we're getting. Well done. No, well, I can. I can name them all. Well, oh, all? Mm-hmm. Sure. All of them? Mm-hmm. <gasps> okay. We need a couple you know of- I'm going to say five. Just give me five. Okay. Uh, well, obviously, we've got the communion supplies that we need. Well, uh, we're need. But we're not doing communion this week. Because- no, not this week, but for next week. Yeah, yeah, week. but we're talking about for this week. Oh, right? for this week? Yeah, yeah. So well, you messed that we're, up. We're going to need uh, hand sanitizer, got it. Yep. masks. Yep. We're going to need uh, some sort of table um for both greeting and for sanitizing stations, mm. so tables. Mm. Okay, I'll count that. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, you got to count, count everything. No, no, no. I, a, I'll count that. I'll count. That goes I will count various... it. I will count it. Okay. Well done. I'm actually surprised. So I'm up to four now. Three. Okay, three. I thought it was four. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so number four then. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in terms of supplies, well, I mean, you're not talking about the sound gear or anything like that, are you? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Uh, signage. We need some signage. No, no, no. Okay. No. Uh, volunteers, you can count them. Those are supplies. <laughs> now they're commodities. So I've got like six now. No, you, no what's so, that? It? That's pretty you're good. You're still at three. I got three. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 The trinity of supplies. <laughs> well, name one I don't got in there. Name one? Yeah, that I don't have in there. Oh, well, if you're going to have sanitizer, you also need sanitizer spray to wipe down that's, the surfaces. That's all the same thing. No. Yeah. You need cloths for that. Okay, that's you all. I put that all in the one no, bucket. No, it's not in the one bucket. Yeah. And you also need the buckets. Yep. You see, you're already, see, you're already I, missing. I counted that as one. I didn't know I could break it down that. I, I could give you 100, but okay. Oh, you could give me 100. Nobody cares about You could even give you no, 10. Nobody cares. Doesn't mm. even matter. You know, we should answer an email. Oh, we're going to... We've been on an email... Rampage? Yeah, I don't know if about a rampage. Yeah, ram. I think the last few weeks have all been emails. Yeah, I don't know if that counts as a rampage. I, does it? Uh, how about this? We've when, answered some emails lately. lately uh, uh, when the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, three, two, three out of five years, that was called a dynasty. Yeah, but not a rampage. That's a rampage. Okay, it's a rampage. Not a rampage. They took a rampage. No, it could be, we can call it a three peak. 
But you can't call it a rampage. Wait, what? Three in a row. Yeah, but you're talking about something else. Yeah, no, I'm just say? saying. No, it's sports. It's all the same. <laughs> Bulls, three-peat. <laughs> I remember. Good job. Well done. Well, we got. All right, well, let's let's look at this email. We got an email from a guy. I don't know. We probably shouldn't mention his name. I don't mention his name. Um, and uh, he's he sent us a nice long, mm-hmm. dare I say, letter, Jimmy. Yeah, that 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 this was a letter. This yep. is letter worthy. It's a real email, uh, in which he made many inside jokes. Yeah, and, yep. um, really good, really and good. Gave us many props. We thank you for that. Uh, I will just note the very last thing he says is Jimmy is the podcast wife. So Wait, there you what? go with that. And, and Joe is definitely the cranky old grandpa of the show. That, that's fine. I'll take that. You'll take the grandpa? Yeah. All right. So, Jimmy, why don't we get to, because it is like 10 paragraphs long, which is almost as long as one of my books. So why don't you read <laughs> yeah, the homeboy wrote a book here for he us. He did, man. You should take, send that to Crossway. Booklet. They'll publish that. <laughs> they won't sell it, but they'll publish it. <laughs> um, I'm joking, Crossway. I love you guys. <laughs> All right. Here, I want to read this one. Um, one of my dearest friends at church has become convinced of the annihilationist or conditional immortality view of hell, that hell is not a place of eternal conscious torment, but is actually a euphemism for the utter destruction of a mortal soul since, the argument goes, an immortal soul is a concept of Greek philosophy and therefore incompatible with a Hebrew or biblical understanding of the soul. I have heard his arguments and I don't have much to offer in response. Other than that, I think it's not handled the text carefully. The points from the online D&D Southwest conference were helpful in how to approach him in a spirit of love and truth. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on conditional immortality, annihilationism, as well as resources on defending the eternal conscious torment view of hell. I'm assuming y'all would subscribe to the eternal conscious torment view. If not, I'd be curious to hear why. All right. Well, um... We, we can talk about this, and yeah, right. uh, we're, we're definitely not doing a, a detailed, comprehensive dive here. We'll yeah. just give you our basic thoughts on annihilationism. But everyone, and, buckle uh, up. It's about <laughs> to go down. Yeah, we're going um, I th- I, I to... I think all of our listeners are going to like what we have to say. Um, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, annihilationism, he, he did a good job describing it, but... Um, if we wanted to give a proper definition to it for people like Steve McCoy who've never heard the word mm. before, uh, what, what do you? How would we say it? Well, uh, I would be looking at Baker. Okay, Jim Baker. That's a weird place to start, but I don't <laughs> know that anybody really cares about him anymore. <laughs> well, it's Norman Geisler. The Annihilation is a Baker Encyclopedia of Christian Apologetics. Oh, okay, yeah, Baker Reference Library. Got it. Uh, you know what? It's Grand. You know, Rapids, Michigan. Baker Books, 1997, 1999, it's a 1999 page twenty two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Why don't you read? Why don't you read a, a decent definition here? All right. Here we go. Annihilationum is the doctrine that the souls of the wicked will be snuffed out of existence rather than be sent to an everlasting conscience hell. The existence of the unrepentant will be extinguished while the righteous will enter into everlasting bliss. Okay. Same thing as our bro bro said, yep. uh, yeah. our dude yeah. bro he said the same thing up there. Um, so we just wanted to back him up with this and we could have pulled from a number of, of dictionaries, but uh, but they all essentially are saying the same thing. Now this has been around a long time. This is, uh, this is not a new doctrine. This is not mm-hmm. a, a new concept. Um, it kind of gains popularity, uh, a little bit of popularity uh, at different times throughout yeah. the history of the church. Um, John Stott helped to make this uh, a little bit popular when he suggested that it, it, this could fall within the realm of orthodoxy. But it's always been a minority opinion. It's generally considered heterodoxy. It's mm. not 
It's not something that uh, that the church has really held to. So it's a it's it's a deviation from normal biblical standards on everlasting uh, life or everlasting damnation. So yeah, I mean, what's what's the appeal to it, right? Yeah. Like, what's the appeal to this? I mean, I I, I can think for myself as a young believer, uh, going through a phase, uh, hearing people talk about this, especially yeah. as you were talking about John John Scott, right? Or Stott, Stott. Um whatever his name is. Um, Michael, Michael Scott. Michael. It was Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, you only make you you make a hundred percent of the shots that uh, you take. Wait, no, I can't even get the. You not being able to quote the office is strange. I know, man. Because I think you watch each season about once a week. So I no, think not once a week, once, once a month. Okay. Um, anyways, yeah. Why, I mean, what's I, the appeal? Yeah, what's the appeal? Uh, for well, people? hell is. Listen, hell is uh, a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the concept of hell. They make movies about it. Literally. Hellraiser 1, 2, Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3 each actually figure, uh, features a character named Joe Thorne as the lead. Really? Mm-hmm. Nuh-uh. Yep. Google it. Joseph Thorne. Anyway. Um, In the flesh. Yeah. So uh, hell is a scary concept, right? Yeah. Because yeah. It, is, it is fixed. It is terrifying the the descriptions of it in scripture where the 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 fire is not quenched the worm does not die gnashing of teeth oh it, it, outer darkness it is it is a scary thing and so when we begin to think about people especially people that you know or have compassion on might be suffering in hell we picture a person suffering and we we feel for them and so it gets uncomfortable i i think there are i think there is there are philosophical disagreements with it some alleged moral yeah. dif- difficulties with it and i but i think honestly emotion uh is a big part of it as well and yeah yeah i was just gonna say it, it really it you have to start with the scripture right and just the things that the scripture has to say as it begins to lay out uh the final state of humanity um and really what you see is a, a parallel um sort of uh, presentation of where the wicked go and where the righteous go or where the people of God wind up and where uh, the people who have aligned themselves against God will wind up. Matthew 25, 46 is probably the key passage where you guys know Matthew 25. Jesus has given us the picture of the end, the final judgment. And in 25, 46, he says, and these will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now I'm making these grand Baptist uh, hand gestures while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So just imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, so here we have like eternal punishment and eternal life. Now we know what eternal life is as we begin to look at scriptures. It is not just a, a, a succession of year after year of ongoing living. It has to do with the knowledge of God, peace with God, a final state. Uh, but certainly, uh, eternity or or immortality is a part of that and because there these things are oftentimes paired eternal punishment with eternal life it seems to indicate that this is not a temporal experience neither heaven nor hell that it is perpetual but it's perpetual now gavin ortland who um is not the ortland that we had on this podcast Mm-mm. who did we have on the podcast uh a lesser dane well, uh, no, it's, it's Dane. There's only one Dane. Oh, oh, okay. Dane Ortland, the Great Dane, the the Great Dane, the Lesser of Ortlands. This, this is his brother. Now, I don't know. One of them was giving the other one a wedgie for sure because they're brothers. I don't. Who do you think was giving the wedgie? Do you think Dane was giving the wedgie or getting the wedgie? Well, I saw what Dane 
rolled up in and he the was, way he dressed. Okay, he was that getting, boy was getting he it. was getting that wedgie. He was getting that okay, wedgie. Sorry, Dane. Um, <laughs> so Gavin, real smart guy, and he has this article on the Gospel Coalition. We're going to link to that so you guys can check it out. And actually, that's a really nice short thing to read that helps to unpack even more of what we're going to say here. So as he's walking us through this article that he's written is essentially a, a summary of Jai Packer's treatment of annihilationism. And here's, here's a paragraph on this idea of eternal punishment and eternal life. Granted that, as it is rightly urged, eternal, that word eternal, in the New Testament means belonging to the age to come rather than expressing any directly chronological notion the New, the New Testament writers are unanimous in expecting the age to come to be unending. So the annihilationist problem remains where it was. The assertion that, that in the age to come, life is the sort of thing that goes on, while punishment is the sort of thing that ends, begs the question, right? Which means assumes that uh, the conclusion that they have already drawn. And this is, Matthew's not the only place that talks about this, this contrast between... Uh, eternal life and eternal damnation. No, I mean, uh, uh, Isaiah 66 is, is a spot, but then Daniel mm -hmm. 12, 2, uh, and many of those who sleep in the dust, dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. See, well, this is one of the reasons we... Listen, I would like to believe in annihilationism. That's that... that no, it's, it's a lot more... Comprehensible? Palatable? Palatable. Yeah, palatable to... Uh, to as you're evangelizing, right? Like mm -hmm. as you're sharing the gospel, it's yeah. like it's. I think it's easier for society to hear that, right? Yeah. To hear, oh well, hold on. There, there. You get a reward, mm -hmm. not necessarily punishment, right? Yeah. And if you get punishment, eh, you know it's appropriate, and then it's over. Yeah. Like, you, know, you get a, yeah, yeah. You go to jail, you do your time, you get out. Yeah. Start over. And uh, so, listen. So on a personal, subjective, emotional level. I would love to sign up for annihilationism because yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people that die apart from the Lord. And uh, I'm concerned about people yeah. that are going to die and suffer the consequence of their sins. So I get that. But even just reading the word uh, leads us to conclude that it, well, it certainly looks like whatever, wherever we wind up in the end, it is everlasting. And whether or not this is a, a Greek idea versus a Hebrew idea, uh, again, I think sort of gets ahead of what we're trying to prove. Um, certainly, the, the the Old Testament doesn't give us much detail about the afterlife. Mm. It gives us a little bit. Uh, and the New Testament gives us a little bit. But we, 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 we don't have a ton of information about the afterlife. So we, all we have to go on is, is what is revealed in Scripture. So, so far, as we're looking at it, we, we're going to say, yeah, it looks to me as we're reading the passages, uh, doing our best to understand them, this looks like everlasting life or everlasting damnation. And then they're also getting into this whole idea of the immortality of the soul. Ooh. What, 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 what are we talking about? So we talk about, like, some argue for that conditional immortality where mm. the soul itself is finite, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's here and then it's gone rather than it is immortal. In inherently immortal, right? Yeah. They would say it's not that, like, yeah, like immortality is bestowed upon a believer. It's not bestowed upon an unbeliever so that mm -hmm. when they go to hell, they'll get burned up and then poof, just cease to exist. Gone. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is not something that I see in scripture anywhere. No. It, all of the passages that describe hell describe a place of um, consciousness. Yeah. Of, of punishment. Yeah. Right? And you know, so people like to say, like, well, is it a literal fire? 
And I, I've seen some people like, well, yeah, it's a literal fire and it's not a literal fire. Look, man, I, I, I'm, I don't really care. Um, I think it very well. Whoa, could, that's so insensitive. Because I think it could very well be metaphorical, whether it's literal fire or not. The point seems to be that there is an eternal punishment mm. for our sins, an everlasting punishment for our sins, that is described as darkness, fire. Well, so wait, can it be? How can it be dark if there's fire? You know what I mean? It's like what's well, not? That's not. I don't think that's the point. Um, these are pictures that. Uh, what about worms? I'll just go fishing. Like it's, it's not. It's not that there's real worms. Or the the point is that this is a bad place that we bring upon ourselves to place mm. of shame. And uh, again, think, well, Gavin Ortland he goes into it. Once man, again with the Gavin. Here we go. Nowhere in Scripture does death signify extinction. Physical death is departure into another mode of being called Sheol or Hades, and metaphorical death is existence that is godless and graceless. Mm -hmm. Nothing in biblical usage warrants the idea that the second death of Revelation 2.11, 2014, and 21.8 means or involves cessation of being. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good article. That's why we, we wanted to quote from it a few times, because it in a, in a short amount of space, uh, Gospel Coalition actually drops some really good truth. There's sometimes the stuff with the Gospel Coalition. Mm. You know? Yeah. Eh. No, I agree. This is good. Of course, this was, this was written a while ago. But anyways, uh, some good stuff. Oh, back when there. Gospel Coalition was relevant, mattered, and orthodox. Continue. No, stop. Nobody's, I'm not saying that. What? I got a Gospel Coalition there, right? Yeah. You no. Know. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the conditional immortality, like, and I think some people go with that because they think, well, it says destruction. You know, some these people go to everlasting destruction. Well, if something is destroyed, it's gone, and that doesn't really mean that it's gone. It means that it's no longer really functional. Yeah. It means that it's, yeah. it's 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 torn apart. In Second Thessalonians one nine, we read that um, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. So that's what the destruction is. It is the removal of God's grace. Now, hell, you know, sometimes people say like, well, hell is the absence of the presence of God. Well. More technically, we would say it's the absence of God's gracious presence, His uh, His His kindness, His mm. mercy. It is hell is the manifestation of His wrath. So God is there, but He is there executing justice. Um, so yeah, it is uh, it is a terrible reality. But terrible doesn't mean unfair or unjust. It means terrifying. It means uh, devastating. And I guess that's part of the problem that people have, right, is they have this preconceived idea of God's justice and what is fair or what isn't fair. Yeah. So um, why, don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about that, right? The, there's a lot of, of heat that comes in this discussion about God's justice. How can it be fair for somebody to go to hell forever if they spend 50, 60 75, even 100 hmm. years sinning. Why Why would hell have to go on forever? Yeah, I mean, I think we really need to consider the holiness of God, right? Mm. That God is is holy. He hates sin. Uh, he cannot be in the presence of sin. And that yeah. he must punish sin yeah. uh, because he is a just God. Right. That's good. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, 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 the better your understanding of holiness, the more hell makes sense as something that is eternal. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or infinite. Um, and we, so, yeah, if you're talking about the holiness of God, then it helps you to understand the sinfulness of man, the sinfulness of sin, mm. and just how grievous it really is. And one of the things that I think is helpful to keep in mind is um, if as long as a person exists, 
they are conscious and thinking and believing or rejecting. And so even in the eternal state, if somebody isn't resurrected unto glory, um, they, but they are resurrected unto judgment, they continue in their unbelief. They continue in mm. their rejection of God, in their blasphemy, in their idolatry. And so even just on that level, well, judgment will continue because the state of sin continues. So I, I think that these are, the, these are some of the basic reasons that we would say, I don't buy conditional immortality, though if I was making up doctrines, that's one I would make up. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, I don't buy. Yeah, that's a first ballot Hall of Fame heresy. It's a good fake doctrine. It's a good one. It's a great one. That's a good A plus on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, but and at the same time, I don't think it makes someone um, a heretic if they believe in annihilationism. Um, So they think that hell, uh, say they hold all the same doctrines, but they think hell is temporal. Does that make them a heretic that people aren't going to heaven now? I don't buy that. I, I think that they're. They're mistaken, and it can lead to problems, but um, I'm not ready to say that uh, that they are leading people away from the Lord, at least not directly. It can be a consequence, I suppose, of their view. But, um, but yeah, I mean, people do hold to it. But when we're talking about the doctrine of hell, why don't we just offer some, some practical takeaways? We're talking about a heavy doctrine. It is, uh, it's, not a, it's not necessarily a comforting doctrine. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe if you're thinking about a person who is truly wicked and has really hurt people and you want them oh, to then you answer. Love it. You, you love it like, then. Okay, that, that person deserves hell. Well, any person that you think deserves hell um, has, is in, in a sense no different than anybody else in that all have earned or merited mm-hmm. hell, yep, even yep, if there yep, are yep. varying degrees of punishment. So, what are, some, what are some takeaways from this, Jimmy? What, what should we be thinking about? What should we be feeling? How should we be vibing after talking about hell? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when we talk about hell, I really think it should be moving us to hate sin. Right? Yeah. To be hating the sin in our lives, to hating the sin in others' lives, mm-hmm. to be hating the, the, the consequence of sin, of the fall, yeah. uh, of, of hating that it leads to this mm-hmm. uh, righteous judgment of God upon unbelievers— uh, and yet at the same time, praising God for the salvation that we have. Yeah. No, that's good. I think th- those are, that's a good way to wrap it up, right? You got th- the hatred of sin, uh, a celebration and a love for God's grace and, and forgiveness. And that should move us to tell everybody about Jesus. Yeah. You know I mean? Like, yeah. And listen, I, telling people about Jesus and preaching the gospel, calling them to faith and repentance because we don't want them to go to hell is fine. No, there's a greater motive than that because God deserves the glory. We want God to be praised and we want them to know him and yep, glorify yep. him, not just escape hell. But uh, but it's still a good motive to say, like, I don't want people to perish. I don't want people to suffer the consequences of their actions, even if it's just. I want them to experience something greater, something better. And so, yeah, let's get out there and tell people. Let's hate our sin. Let's preach the gospel. And let's, you know what? Even if you can't get to church yet, you can worship in your home, mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. and praise God for his kindness. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, drdevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, joefostore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays later. Later.